You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Psalm 118, Brother Dan uh, uh, mentioned this verse, and uh, this is exactly what I'd like to talk about for a few minutes, Psalm 118. The Bible says in verse number 22, the stone which the builders refused or rejected is become the headstone of the corner. That verse is quoted in Matthew. It's quoted in Mark. It's quoted in Luke. And it is also quoted in the book of Acts. The stone which the builders refused is become the headstone of the corner. Verse 23, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I'd like to speak for a few moments this evening to our church family and to these dear folks who've come from Cornerstone Christian School. And I'd like to make it very clear that everything good that has taken place is all because of God. The title of my message tonight is simply this, God did this. Have you ever seen a project or have you ever seen a mess and immediately you knew who did it? In our house, there are certain things that only certain of our children could have done. And you don't even have to be there. You don't have to be a witness. You just have to come in and see the result and say, I know who did this. Well, now we have uh, not only our children, but now we have a pet. And there are some things that our dog can do that we know exactly who did that because it's a disaster. And I tell you, there's a lot of things in my life that I've done that when it got done, I thought that was a royal mess. It didn't work out like I thought. It didn't work out like I planned. If I would have tried, I couldn't have done a worse job than the way it ended up because I made a mess or, or I messed something up. And I tell you, God has never made a mess. God has never had a mistake. God has never left a disaster. God always has a way of turning a mess that we make into a miracle. God has a way of finishing what he starts. And the Bible says that this is the Lord's doing and it is marvelous in our eyes. Lord, I pray that you'd help us these next few moments. Would you speak to our hearts? And may we be helped, and may we be blessed, and may we be encouraged by the time we look at your word. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Number one, I want to draw your attention to the cornerstone. Of course, uh, that was the name for 25 years, Cornerstone Christian School. You know, the scripture makes it very clear that the cornerstone is none other than Jesus Christ. He is the chief of the corner. He is the head of the corner. He is the forefront. He is the beginning. He is the lead. He is number one. When Solomon was constructing the temple in Israel, they did not allow the construction on site to have any noise during the building. So because of that, all of the stones, they had to be hewn out in a different location. 
And all of those stones had to be transported to the spot where the temple would be built. I was reading, uh, it's been probably a month or more ago now, but I was reading that there is still, if you go to the Temple Mount, there is still some of the original structure of the temple that is still in place to this day. Now, some parts have been destroyed and some parts have been rebuilt throughout the centuries. But there is still a portion of that temple wall that is intact from Solomon's temple. There is one stone that is by itself estimated to be 500 tons. And that stone was hewn out at a distant location in a quarry. That stone was transported to the temple mount up that hill and that stone was set in place it's amazing if you will if you will google it it's amazing you can see some pictures of that stone it's massive it's beautiful it, it, it's a work of art but you know what's amazing none of those stones mattered at all if you did not have the cornerstone if you didn't have the cornerstone that brought everything together. If you did not have the right foundation, if you did not have the right level, if you did not have the right plans, then all those stones would be a jumbled mess without the cornerstone. Well, what does a cornerstone do? It brings two sides together. And Jesus brought together the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus brought together the Jews and the Gentiles and he provided a way of salvation. And there is no other cornerstone apart from Jesus Christ. He is tried, Isaiah 28. Behold, I lay in Zion for a foundation stone, a tried stone, a precious cornerstone, a sure foundation. The problem is in the book of Acts, the Bible says that the stone was set at naught. The stone that was supposed to be the most important was cast aside. You see, the children of Israel had Jesus Christ. They had the Messiah. They had the Son of God in their midst. And he came unto his own, and his own received him not. They rejected Jesus. They crucified Jesus. They beat him. They mocked him. They spat upon the very one who was there to be their foundation. Ephesians 2, the Bible says, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets. But Jesus Christ himself, being the chief cornerstone, in whom all the building fitly framed together, groweth unto an holy temple in the Lord, in whom ye also are builded together for an habitation of God through the Spirit. Can I tell you, there must be a cornerstone, not just in a church, not just in a school, but there's got to be a cornerstone in your marriage. There's got to be a cornerstone in your family. There's got to be a cornerstone in your life, and there's no other foundation that any man can lay except that which is Jesus Christ. Nothing else is going to last. You know the story Jesus gave of the wise man and the foolish man. And the only difference, the only thing that set them apart was that the wise man 
built his house upon a rock. The foolish man built his house upon the sand. I want to ask you this evening, is Jesus your cornerstone? Is Jesus the foundation of your life? The Bible says that that cornerstone was precious. It was elect, meaning it was chosen. It was selected. It was valuable. And I want to ask you this evening, is Jesus precious to you? Boy, I hope we never lose the preciousness and the closeness and the love for Jesus. Sometimes we can get so busy serving God. We can get so busy in a ministry and doing good things and teaching a Sunday school class and singing in a choir and raising a family and, and going to work and coming home. We can do so many things that we can lose the preciousness of our Savior. Number one, we see the cornerstone. Number two, quickly, we see the construction. The construction, it says in Psalm 118, this is the stone which the builders refused. So that means they're, they're trying to build something. They're trying to put something together. They're in the process of construction. Now, can I tell you, first of all, construction will drive you up a wall and back down the other side. It always costs more than you think it's going to cost. It always takes longer than you think it's going to take. And there's always a whole lot of issues and problems that come up in the meantime. And so for whatever reason, the builders, they're so worried about all the other parts of the building that the Bible says they rejected. They refused the cornerstone. Can I tell you, there's construction going on every day in our lives. We are building our lives. We are building our testimonies. We are building our homes and we are building our marriages and our lives must be built upon Jesus Christ. You say, well, I've got Jesus, so I'm going to heaven, so I don't have to do anything else. You're right. You don't have to do anything else to go to heaven if you trusted Jesus. You're saved. You're born again. But God didn't want you just to get saved and sit and do nothing. God wanted us to get saved, and then God wanted us to live for him and serve him and glorify him in our construction. Number one, there must be a cornerstone. That's Jesus. Number two, there must be construction. Our lives must be built not in addition to Jesus, not in place of Jesus, but our lives must be built upon Jesus. Everything we do should be upon the foundation of Jesus. But number three, I see the completion. The Bible says in verse number 23, it says, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That's a wonderful feeling, isn't it, when you finally finish the building. You get to move in. Whether it's a church building, or it's an office building, or it's your home. As a matter of fact, even if it's a shed or a garage, that's always a good feeling. Just to get something done, it's completed. But can I tell you, when this building, when this temple was completed, the Bible says this is the Lord's doing. It wasn't ours. I, I, I use, for example, I use Cornerstone Christian School and the transition and how God allowed us to be able to, to take over. And I, that word probably is not the right word. I like the, the thing we, we talked about, the baton, the, the exchange of a baton. I think that's a good way to put it. But can I tell you, when that baton was passed, we had to look back and say, 
we didn't do that. We didn't orchestrate that. We didn't try to figure all that out. We didn't push to make this happen. We didn't pull strings to make this happen. God did it. This is the Lord's doing. God did this. That's our only explanation. To God be the glory, great things he hath done. It says, this is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. Verse 24, this is the day which the Lord hath made. I use the word completion, but I don't believe that God is done. I believe that God is still working. I believe there is more that God still wants to do. But we see God's hand at work in all of the conversations, in all of the meetings, in all of the details, in all of the transition. We see God's hand at work. And what has been accomplished, can I tell you, was done. It was completed by the miraculous, powerful hand of God. The completion. God received the glory. This is the Lord's doing. I want to ask you this evening, have you given God the glory for what he's done in your life? Now, sometimes we like, to, we like to steal the credit, don't we? Or maybe we don't steal it, but we try to work out a deal with God. Say, God, I'll tell you what, how about if this is a 50-50 thing? You take 50% of the credit and I'll take the other 50%. And you know, it's a team effort. Can I tell you, God doesn't share his glory with anyone. It all belongs to him. And I want to be quick to give God the glory for everything he's done in my life, for everything he's done for my wife and I and for our family and for this church and for our school and for the ministries that God, it's all because of God. We see the completion. But then lastly, you say, well, what comes after the completion? I thought it was done. No, it's not over yet because notice number four, there's a celebration. It says, this is the Lord's doing, and it is marvelous in our eyes. That word marvelous, it means wonderful, extraordinary. We just have to stand back and say, wow. Now, I'll say this. We look around our creation, and we see the beauty of God's handiwork in creation you see the, 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 the sun and the moon and the stars. And if you've ever traveled, if you've ever been to the Grand Canyon, oh, pictures don't do it justice. Videos and drones don't do it justice. But when you stand there, you, just, you, just, you can't describe it. It's unbelievable. And you see the beauty of the mountains and you see the beauty of the lakes and the rivers and you see the beauty of the fields and you see the, the, the paintings that God puts in the sky. And it is marvelous. And I got news for you. We're living in a sin-cursed world. And this world is nothing compared to what heaven's going to be like when we're in a perfect place. But we see that God's work is marvelous. And after all that God has done, we would be negligent to go on with life without acknowledging that it is God who has done it. I told Brother Dan and Miss Kelly so many times this fall, and we were, we were, I think we had to twist some arms because some of the board members like, no, 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 we don't want you to honor us. And I understand all that, and I appreciate that. But I felt like 
we would be negligent to not have a service like this and to do our best to say thank you. But I want to say this. We're not just celebrating a Christian school. We're not just celebrating a ministry. But we're celebrating what God has done in our lives. We're celebrating the fact that God saved us. I want to tell you, if, if, if God did nothing else for you but just saved you from hell and gave you a home in heaven and gave you eternal life, you ought to live the rest of your life on cloud nine rejoicing and praising God for his goodness. We are thrilled with what God has done. Notice verse 24. This is the day which the Lord hath made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. We want to be joyful. We want to be happy servants of God, not just now, although we ought to be happy now, but it says we will. That's future. That means tomorrow and next week and next month and next year and in five years and 10 years. And as long as the Lord tarries, we will rejoice and be glad in what God has done. I want to ask you this evening, are you rejoicing? in the great things that God has done in your life. You're rejoicing in the blessings. We heard the song, give him the glory for what he's done in your life. Can I tell you, that's what we ought to be doing every day. Giving him the glory. Revelation 4, I feel like I quote these verses often, but it describes the scene in heaven. It tells us what's going to happen, I believe, after the judgment seat of Christ, after we receive the crowns and we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. But the Bible records that scene and it says, the four and twenty elders fall down before him that sat on the throne. And they worship him that liveth forever and ever. And they cast their crowns before the throne, saying, thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive honor and glory and power. For thou hast created all things and for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Friend, we're here today. We're here in this life to give glory to God. And we will rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.